0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored podcast. I'm your host Tyler Huckin. With me, as always, my co-host partner in crime, Chris Marler. Chris, another fantastic weekend of games. I'm happy. You're happy. Some people are not happy. Um, Yeah, Florida fans, we know. Um, Auburn fans probably aren't too happy right now either.
1: Yeah, we're gonna get to that breaking news in a second. Um, But uh, like, yeah, a fantastic weekend. First off, congrats to you because. In a matter of weeks, in a matter of weeks, Florida State has gone to being the laughing stock of everyone, because yep. they lost to Jack State, yep. to now being possibly the best program <laughs> in the state of Florida,
0: because Florida is oh, the man. worst.
1: Florida's terrible.
0: Yeah, I've, I've now gone to the point where I'm going to be disappointed if we lose that game, which... When oh, we started the season, so I was like, don't do this. There's going to be three games that we're going to get blown the hell out. And it was going to be Clemson, Clemson. Florida, and Miami. And Clemson was listening to UConn at one point this weekend. They were. Yeah. Uh, the opening kickoff actually was taken back for a touchdown by UConn. They high-fived on the way in. And they did. Yes, they did. It was incredible. <laughs>
1: um, no, there's a lot of fun stuff that happened this it was a, It was a fantastic week of football, like you said. But we do have to get started with the breaking news um, that I was monitoring pretty closely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but given your convinced... first half tweets of that game, just Ooh, acting like a very some scared things. small child. Okay, first off, that's not how I felt.
1: <laughs> um, I will tell you that I. Oh my weekend, god, we're
0: gonna lose to Auburn. <laughs> we we probably are.
1: <laughs> not anymore. Not any. Well, yeah. If it would be worse now. Um, but the breaking news is. Yep. First off, I didn't even think that was the tweet you were going to bring up because uh, <laughs> I made a comment that Bo Nix at home is better than Tom Brady. Bo Nix uh, just announced, and it was reported earlier, that um, he broke his they, he broke a bone in his ankle, and he is out for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, so it's a pretty terrible loss uh, for Auburn fans. TJ Finley will be the starting quarterback this weekend. Um, what's interesting about this is a number of things, but I saw the line come out today. And they're, they're playing South Carolina this week. I'm pretty sure it's a home game. I could be wrong, but because they were at South Carolina last year, they were only a 10-point favorite. And I was like, that's surprising. And this was announced like well before the Bo Nicks thing was official. This is – the Bo Nicks thing was um, – his tweet was uh, put out 58 minutes ago. We're recording this Sunday night. It's 849. Um, what it says here is, uh, Bones break, things change. God is always the same. One of my favorite verses. He gets into a Bible verse we're not going to get into um just because i guess i feel weird now uh but <laughs> feels like you should get into it now uh, yeah you know my mom's gonna be pretty upset um but yeah bo Nicks, uh has it's it's funny it's not funny that it happened it's funny that when you type in his name that's not even the first thing that comes up because he caught so much grief this weekend after that loss um that he like people were saying he blamed the fans or something for this loss which is not entirely how i took it but um yeah so it's not even it's not even the primary thing that comes up when you uh, when you tweet it or search the tweet um he broke a, a boat oh, broken bone in his ankle uh and he's expected to risk miss the rest of the year and possibly even bigger news daniel carlson or anders which one is it
0: yeah it's it's der's
1: it's der's my bad <laughs> There's been a Carlson. There's been a Carlson at Auburn, a, a Henry um, at Arkansas, and a Colquitt at Tennessee for like forty fucking years. So yep. sorry if I missed up the first name.
0: Yeah, Carlson injured his ACL in the fourth quarter when Auburn attempted an onside kick. Tried to um, tackle somebody. Yeah, yeah, he ran into a, a defender, and so and he's a senior. So you will officially never see a Carlson again unless there's a younger brother. There's probably a younger brother. Yeah. So, uh, so, sucks so much for both those guys, COVID, you know, um, obviously, you know, for, for Bo Nix, he was having a career year, whether it was touchdown to interception ratio, completion percentage, career highs this year. Um, in this game, he set a career high 377 yards passing against Mississippi state. So uh real bummer for him, real bummer for Auburn. Um, we'll see what TJ Finley can do. I mean, obviously he came in and basically saved them in that Georgia state game. Um, but limited action pretty much outside of that.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you what's also interesting is you're, I'm looking at it here. And um, Justin uh, Hawkinson, uh, who Hawkinson, he tweeted out five hours ago, said, here's the play late in the third quarter where Bo Nix injured his ankle. Um, after the, this possession, he went to the tent. TJ Finley started warming up Then Nix returned to the game until the final drive. So Bo Nix played in the fourth quarter with a broken ankle. Charlie Morton Damn. shit. That's pretty impressive. I was, I was prepared to make a joke about Tua coming back from a broken ankle and ankle surgery, just, just to be an asshole. And I shouldn't have in in general, but that's, that's incredible. And you hate it for that kid. Obviously he's coming back. Um, you know, I I think, I don't think he had a, a lot of draft stock, but I tell you what, like, I mean, if he, if he like progresses in this, I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. And if he only played home games for sure. Um, like in the way that some nfl teams are going to it's like it's more of a spread offense now i don't think it's that far-fetched that he might get a look i just don't obviously don't think it's gonna happen right now um Mm -hmm. so horrible news for them uh him and carlson both out for the year um that being said let's get into like the weekend recap because well first you got you got to mention our sponsor
0: absolutely uh chris i know it's been a couple days since we recorded last have you bought an nft yet
1: I bought so many. And also I need to borrow some money. So it's like, cause I, I told some people that I had the money and it was all online. Cause I didn't think it was real. Um, and they were like, no, it's is real. And so there's people that have been like texting me that I like from Russian numbers. Anyway, I bought an NFT. They're great.
0: <laughs> well, there's been NFTs that they've just been huge over the last year. Um, and now NFTs have officially come to college football campus legends launched their first ever officially licensed athlete in school NFT this past week, starting with the 2008 national championship, Florida Gator football team. Love it Again, I'll say it again. If you're a Florida fan, times are dark. You need to go back and revisit the glory days, get this NFT campus legends. They're going to be dropping more uh, NFTs for more schools in the future, but it started last week with their partnership with the university of Florida. And you can officially, as of now, you can start buying, selling, and trading officially licensed collegiate digital collectibles. I've mentioned this before. The coolest part about Campus Legends is that they take the players along for the ride. They are helping current and past players monetize their name, image, and likeness through the NFT marketplace. Awesome company. Go check them out. CampusLegends.com. Click on sign up in order to go get yourself... A damn college football NFT. Let's pretty awesome. go. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So that being said, and we'll get into the weekend. An incredible weekend of games. Oh, yeah. It
0: was insane. There were so many yeah. good games.
1: There were so where do you want to start? Because like we could do like a national scope of stuff and go through that before we get into the SEC. But I feel like like just from the start, I don't want to say the SEC stole the show because there were some pretty awesome moments in other in other games and conferences. But start to finish, the SEC fucking owned the day, just flat out. I mean, like you had game day in Oxford, right, to start. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiffin on there. Kiffin came out, and he
0: was uh, – He picked Tennessee. I didn't see her, but I didn't watch the entire thing. Um, Somebody Kiffin told me was, and I didn't think it was real. stole the show. He picked Tennessee. He said Mike Leach is the, the best uh, offensive mind in college football. He said... And he picked he picked them to, to win against Auburn. Yeah.
1: Um, he, he also said that Kirby called him this week, asked him what it's like to play in Knoxville, and he said it's a very dangerous place to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. So, yes, yeah, it started out the gates hot with Kiffin. Then you got into the 12 noon slate. And we'll get to the SEC games in a minute, but you had a very close Michigan-Penn State game. We, t- we previewed that game i think we both took michigan michigan ends up pulling out at the end 21 17 so they're they're in the mix that ohio state michigan game in a couple weeks is going to be awesome Um
1: I, I, it's almost got to be at ohio state because they don't play away games like <laughs> like worth a shit like they don't play
0: yeah no it's at michigan okay yeah so that's gonna um, be a big game and weirdly enough like i think ohio state also has to play michigan state still and they I'm... don't i looked this up you're for, I don't understand the scheduling and I, we should have looked it up instead of being
1: ignorant and saying it, yeah. but no, wait. Oh, you're right. They do. They play Michigan state this weekend. I thought that was right.
0: Yeah. So, so what's Michigan state, Ohio state this weekend. What's interesting is that, so Ohio state in the new polls is four, five, I'm sorry, five, they play versus at home against Michigan state, number seven, and then they go mm-hmm. at number six. So Five, six, and seven are all Big Ten teams that will be playing each other over the next few weeks. You know who's just sitting there waiting in the wings? It's Johnson? Notre Dame. Oh, uh, well, I've heard this, too. It's like a Notre Dame is sitting at, at number six right now. I don't like that. And all they really need is Ohio State to lose to one of Michigan State or Michigan, and Oregon to lose at some point, which I think Oregon still has to play Utah, probably in the Pac-12 championship. And Notre and Dame could Oregon be in the damn playoff,
1: and Oregon State is good. Oregon State's bowl eligible, and just beat Stanford thirty-five to fucking fourteen. I hate everything. I hate everything. We're,
0: we are living in a world where Notre Dame could potentially be in the playoff. After we, after everyone has thought they were trash all year long, they are. They're about to be potentially in the playoff. It's just insane. This this year has just been crazy. They, so they won't they
1: won't make the playoff over Cincinnati. For one, but yeah, they are waiting yeah, in the wings. Yeah, be
0: straight up, but that's the only loss. Their only loss, if you're talking about nine and one, their only loss is to an undefeated number three team in the country.
1: Yeah. Um, and the reason why they are waiting in the wings now, uh, and we're just sticking with these twelve o'clock games. Oklahoma goes out to yep. Baylor with a week off, an extra week off. And and your boy was wrong love- again and never been oh, yeah, yeah. happy to be wrong. Um Yeah, I believe you called it for the blowout there. I was like, you know what? All my nightmares are about to come true. This is where the nightmare begins. They're going to blow them out. But, well, And like, and they had an extra week off. But I did tell you, the one thing that concerned me about everyone's, you know, they have anointed this kid the Heisman, like a, a top five Heisman candidate, even though he's only played in four games. Caleb Williams on the road is a different quarterback, apparently. He looked terrible against Kansas. And then he goes on the road against Baylor. He was terrible for most of the game. And now Baylor's a good team, right? Got like, benched. Spencer
0: Rattler came back in. The fans in just incredible college
1: football fashion, yeah. they started chanting, We want Spencer. And this is, you, you've seen all the videos of what happened like a while ago when they yeah. wanted Caleb Williams and then he actually gets brought in, wins the game against Texas, and they announce him as the starter the next week. And the whole place fucking erupts. Like the whole, <laughs> like, and, and we sat here thinking, like, Spencer Rattler will transfer. And I, honestly, for a moment, I was pulling for him, even though he's kind of the worst. I was kind yeah. of pulling for him because. You know, like that is tough to go from preseason Heisman favorite, number one team in America and a preseason number one draft pick in the NFL draft for next year. to you get benched for a freshman. Um, but I will say I stopped feeling bad as soon as he came in because they said <laughs> this is mean, but he, they said he went over and and like they had a moment where they talked and he said a prayer with them. And I was like, oh, shit, Spencer Rattler to come in and take over. And he got sacked like on the second play. I think he like it was just it was really bad. Like they had nothing for Baylor the entire time. I want to say like I haven't. Let me pull up the stats real quick because it's it was pretty bad. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up. They had because I know at some point in the fourth quarter the number was like pretty shocking, like shocking. How many yards?
0: They only had two hundred sixty yards of offense. Right, and they which got is a the lot of late. output of Lincoln Lincoln Riley's time in Oklahoma. Really? Yep. Okay. Yes, yeah, so, I mean,
1: and then you get this very awkward ending where you had, yeah. you had like they Baylor's up by ten. They rushed the field, right? And they already they announced beforehand. They were like, if we win, we're rushing the field, like, yeah. like just flat out. They were up twenty four to seven with like four minutes to go. So this game was well in hand. Like this was you know writings on the wall. Mm-hmm. They go twenty four to fourteen, and. And they end up like they, there's like they they rush the field, but there's still one second left, and all hell breaks loose. Somehow they get all these kids off the field, which is fucking. That's like one of the most impressive things that's happened all year. You get that many. I'm assuming drunk college kids like to like listen to you. They get off the field. Lincoln Riley is irate to the point where he's covering his mouth, talking to the ref, like yelling Mm -hmm. at the ref. And 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 if he's covering his mouth, you know it's because he's not a fucking pitcher catcher moment where they're trying to steal signs. He's just like
0: he's going off expletives.
1: And, and, so, and Oklahoma players start headed to the locker room. Like, it is just madness. And then I turned it off to watch the Georgia-Tennessee game, and I see the final, and Baylor <laughs> goes up and more. kicks a field goal. Right. <laughs> and I was like, what was this? And so immediately everyone's like either loving it or hating it. But Dave Aranda, in, in like really calm fashion, was like, yeah, it was because we didn't want to – like there was like some tiebreaker.
0: Yeah. Um, Score differential is one of the Big 12 tiebreakers. Um, okay. That seemed like a made-up – yeah, I think he just wanted to take it to, to Lincoln Riley, and Lincoln Riley was pissed about that as well. He he basically oh, yeah. came out after the game and said, "Um, you know, there's a code of sportsmanship here that I think you should follow." And and he I wouldn't have done that. And I don't think Dave Aranda is going to be around at Baylor much longer, honestly.
1: No, he won't. Uh, be. So
0: they probably won't face off anytime soon. But I, if he is, I, I'd love to watch the game next year in Norman because that would be fantastic. I mean,
1: he's also made a living off of beating the shit out of everybody in that conference. I mean, so like it's yeah. not right. Like, give me a break, dude. No one feels bad. Um, for him. Dave,
0: Arand- so Dave Aranda is from the West Coast, and Washington right. just opened up tonight. They fired their coach. That's a that's a huge job. And then USC's open,
1: and LSU. So throw that in with LSU,
0: and I just don't think that he's going to no, be he's a
1: say But I will tell you this too: with them moving out, like I, you, it's really based on what happens with that conference, right? Like, oh, that's because- true, yeah. I mean, like Baylor has resources, they have money. And, and so like, and with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, you could potentially move into the driver's seat of that, of that conference every year, but we don't know what, what that's really going to look like or how important it's going to be. All right. Moving on from that, because uh, we got to get to the other 12 o'clock games in the SEC. Um, we'll start in Auburn because we're yeah. Atlanta, we're Atlanta Falcons fans and mm-hmm. Auburn fans. You, I mean, you guys might want to send this one out we're no longer the only team in football history to blow a 28 to three lead.
0: It's correct. the Auburn Tigers. Right.
1: <laughs> like so this is like from the
0: podcast account, by the way. Oh, that was bad.
1: Oh yeah. No, that was funny. And these people, like, okay, first off.
0: <laughs> so, so let's get it's, into uh, the game So first. by the way, just backstory here. Anytime I know that Chris has, has tweeted something from the, the podcast account that may be a little controversial i'll know because I'll, I'll like go onto my twitter app on my phone and i i have my own personal login and i have the college football uncensored and there's like 15 notifications you know on the college football is like oh god what did chris say something happened here And it okay, was so a lot of times also
1: i will i will post something on there if i can't post it on scs in terms of yeah. like if it's like a video or if it's something like remotely controversial or also if i'm trying to just do a screenshot of it so i can post it like in a meme on on um on instagram so a lot of times it's like i'll post something just delete it immediately like all right so the first half like the first half i don't even know i don't even know if we can find the the um here we'll just we'll look it up real quick um the first half albert was up 28 to 10 and to be honest that 10 points was scored pretty late um, 28 to 3 it, it was three for most of the first half or for like yeah. the, end of the first half and espn you know like their prediction or whatever it said they had a 97.9 percent chance of winning okay um i had, turned the, the I had
0: turned the game well i didn't turn it off but i just stopped watching it because it was such a it was like i was like damn first of all i thought this was gonna be a close game so yeah. like when we did the preview pod i i picked Auburn to win by three. To um, by more than ten. And when they were out twenty to three, I was like, Jesus! And don't. And I'm a Falcons fan, like you said. That that score just it's in just ingrained in my soul. Yeah, it's awful. But you don't. You still. You don't think like okay, twenty to three, they're just blowing them out. Like this, this, this game is yeah. over. And then the second um, second half happened.
1: It, the first half, Auburn had 325 yards of of offense. They scored touchdowns
0: uh, on their first four possessions. Right. Bo
1: Nix was 15 of 19 with two touchdowns, 205 yards, zero interceptions. At one point, he was like 15 of 16 or something like that. It was crazy, right? Um, they were averaging 8.6 yards per play, which is just stupid. Uh, and then you look at the other hand, like Mississippi State, earlier in the week, Smoke Monday had said that they were going to show the air raid offense, like why they were one of the best secondaries in the country, blah, blah. And Will Rogers starts out five of 11 in this game like not great um the second half different story just an absolutely different story uh mississippi state got the ball first came out and scored um within the first three minutes they make it 28 17 they they score again um with uh five minutes left in the what do you call it And, and, and like these drives too it wasn't like a bunch of turnovers and shit it was like I mean, the second when they made it twenty-eight to twenty-three, it was ninety-eight. Or it was ten-play, ninety-eight-yard drive. I mean, they were just going up and down the field on them, and they went for two. And I was like, that is so stupid. That is so stupid. Like, why? There's no reason to do that that early. And then they end up scoring again. In the like, they end up scoring. Like, if you go back to like the touchdown with two minutes left in the first half, they scored six straight touchdowns and unanswered uh, points so 40 basically 40 unanswered points on Auburn.
0: Yep, 40 unanswered points. Will Rogers d- only had 3 incompletions after the first quarter. That's he, so stupid. After they were down 28 to 3, um, he threw for six touchdowns on the next seven drives. Right. 415 yards in total. Um he was 44 55. So he went 80% again. N- not enough as be- he had 10 different receivers catch a ball. Uh, Jaden Wally had seven catches, 87 yards. Ja'Kai poked, 61 yards, two touchdowns on eight catches. Um, Obviously, the air raid, you're going to have inflated numbers in the past game, but I don't think enough has been said about Will Rogers this year.
1: No, and then you have after the game, like Auburn fans are in shock. Uh, I'm just cracking up because this is hilarious. Um, And and partially because it's like, all right, like in the first half, I was tweeting shit like Bo Nix at home is better than Tom Brady like if Bo Nix only played home games, he would win the Heisman. Like, and I don't, I don't really regret that because I don't, I, I kind of stand by it to be honest. Um, And then you go to the second half and it's like, you know, it, I don't even think that he even played that poorly in the second half. It was just like, I, I don't, I mean, I don't remember him. Like he didn't have another interception. He was, he ended up being, let's see 12 of 21. So not great, but like, I mean, he was, He wasn't, he wasn't the issue. It didn't seem like like the offense was obviously stagnant and like much more inefficient, but, and it was bizarre too, because in the first half they were doing whatever they wanted. They, it seemed like they were so confident. This is what was worrying me because it was like, they were doing like 2013 Gus Malzahn shit, like where fourth and one, they ran a fucking jet sweep. Like how confident do you have to be to do that? First off, then they mm-hmm. they were they had one play where it looked like he was he was like it was like a running play from the quarterback going off left you know left tackle, and all of a sudden he like sidearm throws the ball out to like a receiver, and then he has the option to throw it, and you are like oh my god this is my nightmare here we go again, it's like Sammy Coates not Sammy Coates yeah Sammy Coates right, um either way it was just it, they looked really good in the second half obviously just things kind of seemed to fall apart a little bit, um and they they blow this lead and then you like you talk about they lost like it wasn't even close they lost. Badly, I mean, like yes. badly.
0: So yeah, they scored a late touchdown to make it a little bit closer, but yeah, it was quickly twenty-eight to three to forty to twenty-eight. Right, right, <laughs> which was just insane. Um, yeah, we did get one voicemail here uh, from an Auburn fan. It looks like Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and play that.
2: Hell, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I'm oh, a fan. Sh- and, you know, everybody remembers, 28-3 lead. And Auburn had a 28-3 lead. And, yeah, they kind of blew that shit. Um, I, I, hell, I don't know if we want to get started with the, the bullshit targeting on T.D. Moultrie, going and just sacking Will Rogers. Hey, but apparently that's targeting now. Oh, yeah. Hell, I don't know. I, I, I'm at a loss for words, honestly. All I can say is, in the great words of Alan Jackson you know, pour me a hurricane before I go insane because this is a bullshit game. <laughs> the offense is, is, is done missing. I don't know where they went. They probably went on vacation. I, I mean hell, the only thing they could save me right now is that Brian Harson sued up himself and went and just mansacked somebody. I don't put his from the rest. Hell I don't know. I mean, anyways I hope y'all having a good night or a good day wherever time y'all record. Having love the show. And I'm gonna go drink some more,
1: <laughs> okay. First
0: so off, this voicemail thing is the best thing we've ever done. It's so good.
1: Uh, we love you too. Um, yeah. all right, exit out because I pulled up a, a stat here. Um, okay, so this, this voicemail thing, like you said, is fantastic. He, Bo Nix, in the second half, I'm sorry, there was a targeting call, like he said, that was made in with six yeah. minutes or five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it was. I tweeted it's we, not when it happened. It's one of the worst targeting calls I think I've ever seen, especially in that moment. It was awful. I, I don't so, and I don't know if it's what I don't know if they would have won the game if they didn't call that. But I know damn well that they were not going to, or like you know, that's they basically lost the game after that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like it, it took it took any kind of momentum and chance they had away. Um, okay. Anyway, that was a fantastic voicemail. Also, I hate that song from Alan Jackson because jimmy buffett's in it and at the end he does that stupid thing where he's like they they do that whole fucking banter back and forth and they don't fucking stop and he's like oh i think i've seen your boo your, your boat there one time and he's like oh yeah i've been in margaritaville a time or two and it's like they're like still going <laughs> and you know the producer was just like in the fucking song he's like oh keep it between the buoys. What's What right, time it? god jesus i hated that song but yeah it's um, good, it was good stuff.
0: another noon game this one took everyone by surprise yeah i'm i'm starting to think i don't know but Potentially, uh, Todd Anthem and John Hevesy weren't the only problems going on at Florida. Um, Florida 70, Samford 52. I told you this you know, before football we started game. Re- we, I, Yep. I told you this before we started recording, and I'll probably catch hell for saying this. I get how embarrassing it is to lose to an FCS school. I think winning but giving up 52 to an fcs school is more embarrassing
1: yeah this is like a um like a like a baby dick dick measuring contest like i don't really i don't have a say in any of this it's just like well <laughs> mine's two and a half like uh, yeah it's cool yeah. but at the same time it's like uh, is it it's like that's great yeah I, like yeah at least well, I, in at celebrating
0: least... the win after and 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 then and basically calling he said calling a win disappointing is disrespectful to the game and our players what do we do? That
1: right there. So, so, and it was like, what was frustrating about it was you watch the first half or you see the scores coming in the first half, right? And it's like, what is happening? Because,
0: like, it, they, they were down, down 42 to 28. Late in the, second in the first quarter.
1: half. Right. And, and it was 21 to 14 in the first quarter, which is entirely too many points to give up to that team. I, <laughs> I was shocked.
0: Like, I, mean, I don't even know what to say besides that. It was like they gave up a it, season high 530 yards and the most points they've ever given up in a half.
1: Stanford was was three and five. Their name's not even Stanford, so you don't even know. Samford is what I said, idiot. <laughs> okay. They're in Birmingham. Um, yeah, but like they, they're like because like so when I saw the first half stats and I tweeted this too because I was like, "Was one of my better tweets that you didn't bring up, dickhead." Um, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, "Oh no!" Like. I just kind of assumed that this was one of these games where you have like a bunch of turnovers where you have like, I don't know, like, like something bad was like something bad happened. Right. Like, 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 oh, you know, we, we, they had an onside kick or they had like, you know, and they did have like a a kick return for a touchdown, but it was still like, none of it was like added up to what happened. Right. Like none of it added up to this. Um, They were just getting beat. Like they were just getting beat, beat.
0: That's bad. Yeah, yeah, like you said, yeah, there wasn't crazy turnovers. It wasn't turnover luck. Sanford was driving the field every the every time. single time. Um, Mullen, you know, it, it comes on a day when Emory Jones sets the school record for total yards in a game with 550. He breaks Tebow's record uh, that Tebow set in his last game ever at Florida, the 2010 Sugar Bowl against Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, 550 yards, seven touchdowns for Emory Jones, and no one gives a shit because your defense gives up 52 to Sanford, Mullins pointing to missed tackles and penalties as the, as the primary reasons why the defense had breakdowns. Let me tell you something, even if that is the case, penalties and missed tackles are a direct reflection on coaching. Yeah, flat out. I, I just feel like, everyone says this now, so it's not like a, my original thought, I guess, but it just feels like he wants to be fired.
1: I don't think he wants to be there anymore for sure. And if he gets fired, he gets a buyout and then gets to go Mm -hmm. to the NFL. Like that's, I'm I'm not going to say that's what he's trying to do, but that's, it's very obvious that he doesn't give a shit anymore. And and like the goalposts have moved so many times with Dan where it's like, you know, like he said this shit last week where he's like, you know, why didn't you guys sing? Why was only one player singing the alma mater? right into right. the, the game and he's like i didn't even know that our, our band traveled and i was like that's probably a lie but whatever and then the next day or maybe it's even hours later you see this video of him going into the stadium and you can tell by the the body language of them walking into the stadium something bad was going on right they're going into the stadium and he's he's obviously leading them off the bus and into the stadium and he's walking by the band because the band is there
0: and he walks not to mention they probably them. played like the whole game Yeah, true yeah
1: that that, that as well, but. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty incredible. What else happened in the noon games?
0: Well, what I got think? two, I got a couple of voicemails for Florida. Oh, they're yeah. Both That's long, good point. They're both long winded. So <sighs> we'll go ahead and play them because it's tough. They deserve their due. <laughs> All right. Uh, obviously, our, our first one is going to be our, our resident Florida caller, Jason. I think he oh. actually tweeted me um, during the Florida state game because I was obviously emo tweeting about the fact that we blew a lead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you know, just. We're going to miss a bowl now because we, we blew it. And he's like, let's have a drink together, man. We can, we can suffer together. Yeah. <laughs> but here, here's nice. Jason.
3: Hey, Tyler and Chris. This is Jason. You're a resident Florida fan. <sighs> so well, the game just ended. We won 70-53 to 53 over the defending national champions, Sanford Bulldogs. The Now uh, – Three and five world beaters, Sanford Bulldogs. Um, Emory Jones put up roughly 550 yards of offense, seven touchdowns, and we only barely fucking won this game. (laughs) First of all, Chris, I I greatly appreciate you trying to cheer me up on Twitter. You know, I was sad as shit. (laughs) But I'm not even sad anymore. Right now, I feel like I've been swiftly kicked in the nuts and I'm laying on the ground holding them, and everybody just keeps saying, hey, it wasn't that bad. It's going to be okay.
1: (laughs) I can hear that, dude.
3: I don't know who to fire. I don't know who to hire. (laughs) I don't know anything. I I think what I'm going to do is I am just going to go back to YouTube and just watch highlights of 2008
0: should buy an NFT
3: because yeah whatever the entire fuck is going on right now I got nothing literally nothing I'm trying to debate whether I'm going to drink diesel or 151 right now oh my God that is just how rough this is I won't drink anything it doesn't matter I hope y'all have a great day I would say Go-Gators, but I'd be live. So, um, yeah. Everybody have a great rest of your day.
0: <laughs> My man Jason. Nice. Uh, the, the next the one's two, almost a minute longer, so maybe we shouldn't play it. A minute longer? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is
1: it, is it worth it? You it's listen two, to it. two and a
0: half minutes. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of anger. Yeah. We got a lot yeah. to get to still. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, um, so caller from from a four hundred four. we can we can always number. play it later. we'll, we'll play
1: at the yeah. end of the pod. How about that? Um, right. Okay. So, the other twelve o'clock game was Bama. We're not going to really talk about that. Uh, it was a blowout. Um, I will say that Bryce Young they patted the shit out of his stats. Uh, yeah. He had like five touchdowns, like twenty-one or twenty-three in the first half. Will Anderson, just silently having one of the best seasons. Like he he has sixty-six tackles. Or 64 tackles. He he. There's he could theoretically get to 100 tackles as basically an edge rusher, which is pretty stupid. Um, he also Crazy has 12 year. sacks, which is nuts. But um, yeah, so Bama plays a nobody. They get um, Arkansas this week. Um, 3.30 game. This is the one that I thought was going to be the, the game of the day. Now, I will tell you, I looked this up afterwards, after we did the show, because that's how this year has gone for me, and that was dumb. Um, and I looked at a potential bet of – Tennessee scoring first because I didn't think that was that far-fetched, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That was going off at like plus 180 or something, like not (laughs) that bad. Yeah. So then I look at like actual props and you could bet on the first score of the game, right? Like like aside from that, and it was Mm -hmm. Tennessee field goal, Tennessee touchdown, and it was plus 550 for for a a touchdown and plus 335 for a field goal. And I was like, this is... Like, it, uh, just a gross difference in what the other one, like the other odds were. Um, this would definitely be worth it. And so I didn't. I didn't. Uh, of course, yeah, you didn't bet. I it. didn't post it. Yeah, of course <laughs> not, because, um, I because I was like, like I think it. I, I got so late with like the Baylor game. The other one, um, I did. I did bet on them to score first. I didn't bet on the touchdown one, but it was only nice. like five bucks anyway. Um, in case anyone's listening. So, um, yeah, like always bet responsibly. Yeah, from the start it was like. It, I was excited to see this game because of the Tennessee D, or Tennessee offense. Um, in the first quarter, it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Tennessee had a great crowd, over 100,000 people there. Peyton Manning, Todd Helton, Candace Parker. They had a bunch of you know former athletes yeah. in the building. They go up. Actually, Georgia, they trailed by the largest margin of the season, Chris. Seven. This game. <laughs> Seven. Seven um they were also down 10 to 7 at the end of the first quarter so georgia was actually losing a ball game at the end of the first quarter um, yeah. which was new territory for them um and then from there that second quarter by georgia they just announced oh yeah by the way we're the best team in the country right if you guys they did they, I,
1: I briefly said this when i was like but i brought up the fact that if they were losing in the first half it would be good for kirby smart like it'd be a good thing if, if georgia had to like have any kind of adversity because they've blown everyone out so far right um I, this is all they're going to get before the SEC championship and they honestly this might be all they get until um the uh what do you call it until the playoff because I don't think Bama's is going to be able to put up even the same fight that Tennessee did for a number of reasons um but yeah like first off really incredible script from from Hel- or from Hypel on the first drive I was really impressed with that um Hinden hooker was off man you could tell early he, he this. There's a lot of throws were just sailing high, and you could see it from the first quarter. I remember saying to someone I was like, "He's got to get that ball down," because like he got he got kind of bailed out on one throw where like the intermediate route it was throwing throwing to like the receiver behind him. The intermediate route jumps up and like comes down with it, but it would have been picked if not. It was just been it had been like very uncharacteristic from what we'd seen in, like from him for most of the season. But like you said. I mean, Setson Bennett came in. He struggled, I guess you could say, a little bit early, um, which should yeah. have been expected because it's a, it's a good team, in my opinion. Like, it's not, it's not a bad team. And then he just – he did stuff in the, in the offense that, you know, I think it's clear now that he is the guy. Like, yeah. he did stuff that, that I don't think JT Daniels could have done, first off, um, with, like, being, like, mobile and stuff like that and moving around. And then James Cook. And this is, like, where you said, like, at the beginning of the year, where they have so many fucking weapons – that it's just like you don't. I always wonder Never know how what's a was,
0: game plan for,
1: right? I mean, like, do you like because they shut down Zamir White, which didn't matter because right. you know, I don't even think we saw um, He's number two now, he's number 22 before. I can't remember his name now. Um, we saw Macintosh a little bit out of the backfield, but like they, um, what Killamilton, like, yeah, Killamilton, still. I don't even think we saw him. I have no idea. Um, probably now that I brought it up and said we haven't seen him, um, but like. The other part of this too, and this started coming out during the game, I think at least, you know, that's when I saw it and that was oh God, Jesus. That was Perfect gone. segue. Perfect segue. Uh, there was a flu going around that kind of like ravage this team during the week. Um, yeah. And you saw, you saw players, like I, I saw something before I came on here that, that Jalen Carter, um, this is from John Tweet sports on Twitter. He said, Jalen Carter actually played, 20 snaps in that game with over a hundred degree fever. And he still made like two tackles for loss or something crazy. He's like, I don't I wouldn't even respond to emails with that temperature. And so I was like, yeah, fucking heard that dude.
0: Yeah. He had to have an Um, IV.
1: Yeah. And they had a lot of these players that were like, I mean, so they, they, it was so bad. They had to take a second plane to like break people up. You saw James uh, cook at the end of the game, wearing a mask on the sideline. He like, cause he's like, you know, I guess he didn't have it, Mm -hmm. but an incredible performance in that defense still. And you really got the sense that like, One, of course, this is the best team in the country. Two, they are, they they kept saying it during the broadcast, but when you watch this defense, and like, it really does look like sharks in the water. Like, they smell blood. They know when they they can turn the game, right? And if you saw this in the first quarter, in the first half, they're losing 10-7. I think they end up tying it up, or maybe they had just gone up, but in some, one of these sequences, Tennessee throws a pick in their own territory. Yeah, Darren Kendrick. Go right scores.
0: Down. Yep. Nine yard right. touchdown. Uh off uh and then what Channing Tindall stripped Hooker. Um yep. and Tindall had three sacks on the night.
1: He was outstanding.
0: Um what I love about this team, I mean the the pass to James Cook, just a beautiful pass from Stetson oh Bennett, by the way. Um yep. he had three total touchdowns. Uh Cook did. What I love about this team, then Kobe Dean after the 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 game the only thing he, he he wasn't even happy he was upset that they gave up a touchdown at the end to give up the most score that they had all season which was 17 right. we actually have a, a voicemail about that that i thought was kind of funny that we'll play but oh, God. um georgia gets through the sec un, undefeated for the first time since the league split into divisions in 1992 and went to an eight game schedule that they, no, they weren't
1: undefeated in 92 it was 82 Um, because in 90, if they were undefeated in 92, they would have played Bama in the SEC championship game, but Florida did. And Florida was only eight and three. Interesting. They won 10 games that year because they had Garrison Hurst, who's a Heisman finalist too. But I'm pretty sure it's 82, which is the year they lost to, I believe, Auburn.
0: So this is the set that I pulled was it was the first time since there's been divisions that they've gone undefeated. So that would include 82. Yeah, yeah.
1: So they didn't do it before,
0: right? Okay. So, Fucking idiot! Obviously, they're you know it's it's been an incredible season for Georgia. I mean, they they got Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech coming up, so obviously they're going to go in undefeated into the SEC championship game. Um, You say Bama doesn't have a chance? No, they don't. And here's here's
1: why. Like like we've seen it time and time again. That offensive line does not know how to like that offensive line does not know how to block other teams. They had, they struggled with AM, They struggled with LSU. Like I understand that LSU came in there with like nothing to lose and, and all that kind of shit. Like what scares me about this game for Bama is if you think about it, like they haven't really had to get up for a game, like, like really get up for a game in a minute. Like they've had, they've had Arkansas, they've had Kentucky, but those are games that deep down you kind of knew you were going to win this game. When you've been waiting for however fucking long it, since 2007, and they've this team has ripped your fucking heart out so many times over and over, and over. like we don't we honestly we don't get it. Like I, as obnoxious as we say Georgia fans are, we also don't understand the level of hurt that it's way worse than Atlanta sports, way worse. It like the the level of heartbreak they've had to endure is incredibly bad. Just with the way they we're talking about we're talking about a team that could have won the 2017 title, could have gone to the playoffs in 2018. They wouldn't have beaten Clemson, but still. And in 2012 would have won a national championship too. So that's a team that probably would have had two championships in a five year span.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you got to close the deal here and I'm sure that's what every Georgia fan has going through their mind is, right. you know, what could possibly happen in that SEC championship game that will break our souls. Cause honestly, if they're going to, if they lost that game, they'd still be in the playoff. Um, Obviously we'd just be at a worse seed. Um, We I'm do have it, about
1: this too, about the Georgia thing, which was like, if you guys are upset about or bummed about like, you know, the last few games being like, it, and this is the other part of it for Bama. Georgia plays Charleston Southern and, and um, Georgia tech. They could rest everybody and win those games yeah. Oh, yeah, and rest them until the SEC championship game. And they probably should. <laughs> They're going to start game planning for Bama now. Yeah. Yep. Bama doesn't have the luxury of doing that. Like, like it's it, again, I'm not trying to say this just to be like to hedge or whatever you guys have said in the past. Mm. They will beat Bama by a minimum fourteen points. the The lines come out like a, like from Bet Online already. It's like a two point spread or something like that. If you can buy it, and it's like an actual bet you can bet on now. Fucking hammer it!
0: All right, we got one voicemail from this game.
4: What's going on, guys? Uh, sitting here taking that uh fifteen beer after game deuce. Um, great game today. UGA played a hell of a game. Um. I've had my concerns about Stetson in the past, but I think he's the guy. I, uh, we, we faced a, a good team today. And, um, yeah, I mean, my, my Tennessee buddy was like, woo, we scored the most on Georgia ever. And I was like, I guess fly that flag in your front yard, man. I don't know. Like,
2: <laughs> had argument's so bad. Georgia.
4: Yeah. Um, I've been real concerned and a little bit of a bedwetter uh, this season about the, uh, the offense, but we will roll everybody, man. This game's over. Um, take it straight to the the Natty. Uh, probably about to play Alabama in that, since most other teams are shit. And um, go dogs. <laughs> that is a
1: phenomenal sign off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, again, like and I so I, again, I haven't heard this argument from people. But apparently it's prevalent enough where they've been Georgia fans. It's, it's bothered them about like, well, y'all we haven't placed an offense yet. So just let's just touch on it for a second. Tennessee fans were saying that this week. First off, if Tennessee fans are talking shit, who cares? They're Tennessee fans. That's like one of the things they do best. Okay. Also they weren't wrong in anything they said. That was the best offense you had faced up until that point. That was a good offense and you were able to shut them down. There you go. Move on, move forward. Like I, I just, I wasn't, I don't know why that was such a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, so for me, I, like Georgia fans, I, this it's been like this weird chip on their shoulder all year of like, nobody thinks we can do it. Like everybody thinks you can do it. We've honestly thought you could do it for years now. Yeah. So it's just like in a way, like it's awesome to watch, but it's also kind of like watching fucking Billy Madison go back to repeat like third through seventh grade to take over his dad's business. And we're like, yeah, you should have done this like years ago, man. This is fantastic. But Jesus Christ. Georgia passed the third grade. Oh, what a glorious day. <laughs> no, not the dimensional. You guys are the best, No one believes in you. All right, next um,
0: game. Uh, we'll go to the night shift here. Let's go to it. Arkansas LSU first. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, Arkansas 16, LSU 13. First win at LSU since 2015 for Arkansas. Uh, if you recall the, the preview pod, I, I picked Arkansas by three.
4: Did you brag right Did I say LSU? Uh,
0: you, I think you said LSU by a billion. I don't know. I can't Good. remember what you said. Um, I think you did pick LSU though. I can't. I can't make Yeah, of course. Um, weird game. You know, it starts mm-hmm. out. Max Johnson benched after. I, so I didn't realize that he was on the precipice of being benched. We talked about it before that they talked. They said you know, Nussmeier would take snaps in this game, uh, potentially a lot of snaps. Right. I'm not. Is it because they don't want Nussmeier to transfer? Like, I don't know, like Max Johnson wasn't that bad this year, was he? No, I think that, like, he has held onto the ball for way too long. And he did yeah. in this game, too, to be honest.
1: Uh, but he did, did that last week. against gets a lot. This was announced during the week that Nussmeyer was going to take a lot more snaps. Like, he was going to be way more involved in the offense and we'll see what happened. It was the timing, because, like, you knew it was coming, but you didn't think that it was going to be like that. You know what I mean? Like, it was like that early. Um, I, I don't know.
0: So LSU was up 10 to 3. They're marching down the field. They go all the way down to the Arkansas 18 and three plays in the second quarter. And they opted to go Wildcat with Davis Price, which resulted in a fumble. Um, and from there, obviously, Jefferson goes down, scores a touchdown, and then, um, I think Nussmeier came in and threw a pick, and then Arkansas scored again, and essentially that's how it happened. And, you know, Coach O rolled the OC after the game. He was like, I don't know why we called that play. We've never called that play. I don't know why you there would was do that.
1: There's also something that they were brought up, like Clint Sterner brought this up on Twitter about um, the fact that Tom Hart brought up on the broadcast apparently that he – there there's a offensive coordinator, and the guy next to him specifically calls the third down plays. And if that's the case, that's a level of chaos and dysfunction that I can't even fucking imagine.
0: That's not like the Joe Brady thing. weird. Really weird. Really weird. Yeah, potential to be very disjointed, and obviously that happened. Um, And then obviously um, the game goes to overtime. Cam Little kicks the field goal after Garrett Nussmeyer throws the pick on the first possession. Um, Great win for Arkansas. Like I said, Mm -hmm. their first win at LSU since 2015. For LSU... They, I mean, right now, dude, like, oh, by the way, I meant to mention, dude, that that um, fake field goal. Arkansas oh, ran was great. Oh, yeah. Um, it was. They converted that, that fake field goal for a first down. Um, LSU has lost six games for the first time since 1999. I was in middle school. And if they lose oh, yeah. one more game, um, they will have their first losing season since... The year before nick saban took over which was 99 yeah which was 99 yeah so it's just been a bad year down there uh no bones about it um they had the weird like got up for the bama game got up for what was the big upset they had well i guess it was florida wasn't a huge upset (laughs) i mean kind of yeah i mean it was at the time for sure florida hadn't totally given up on the season yet um But yeah, I mean, uh, just adds to the great ledger for Arkansas and what Sam Pittman's been able to do yeah. his first two years there.
1: I will say this too. So I'm adding it up right now as we speak. Um, it, they have they have played coming into coming into uh, what do you call it the, the end of the season, right? So after Coach O was announced that they were going to part ways, at that point, I mean, that defense was terrible, right? And, and you yeah. take out the McNeese State and the Central Michigan game. Their defense is giving up 474 yards a game to uh, Power 5 teams, like all SEC teams and then UCLA, right? Mm-hmm. The last three games, they've played Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. All three of them ranked, right? Um, and they have given up an average of 353 yards per game. That's it. It's yeah. pretty astounding. And and also, that's with giving up 470 to florida they've given up 308 and 283 in the last in the last two to our our arkansas
0: and bama so and and what's crazy is you don't have your top two corners you don't have a lot of guys on that defense a ton so it'll be interesting you know i i wonder do you have a, a pulse on what lsu fans want to do for for the coach Saban. I think it's Saban. Um
1: no, and honestly, like I, we should get Chris Gordy on or we should get, you know, somebody like like Hester or PB on here and talk about it because it's interesting when you look at it. Like like I, I told you when I was down there for the Auburn game, people were like already talking about it. They and they wanted Kiffin. That's the name that kept coming up over and over and over again. Um He had a hell of a win. He did. We're gonna get to that next. Uh but yeah, he so he um he went or like they wanted him. And I, I'm getting to think more and more. I don't think he's going to leave Ole Miss. I and I don't know why he would, because if he, if he, this is a top ten team now, right? Mm-hmm. They will give him an unlimited amount of resources at that school. I don't know if he's going to be able to like recruit nationally as much as LSU can, because LSU has that whole pipeline. You talk about they they usually just put a fence around the state and they mm-hmm. get ties into Houston, um, and they're a national program. Ole Miss, like the state of Mississippi, has like fantastic athletes every year every year right um so there's a lot of good athletes there to recruit from you can reach into bama i don't know if he'll reach into lsu or to louisiana as much but i don't know if he's more limited there a lot of it i think will have to do with the arch manning thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: like because Cristobal is going to be at florida or miami bottom line that's i mean unless Bama, so? this, unless that whole thing about bama is true where he's like Potentially the coach in waiting that they want to hire. But, but I don't know how you transition that. Cause like he, there's so many opportunities now that he would probably take and they're great opportunities.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so him Mel Tucker is one that I think like the name keeps coming up more and more and more. And I think I thought this was not great at first, but I think Aranda's a real, a real potential there too, because he knows the program, he knows the like the recruiting grounds, like all that kind of stuff. And he's had really, really good success. Like, I mean, honestly, surprising at at um at Baylor. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, same. Mel Tucker's the same. He's got the same kind of picture to him too. Was in the SEC for a long time. Knows the recruiting. Done a great job at Michigan State. Took a team that was not very good and has them in the top ten. Same with Aranda. So um, they're gonna definitely have some some very good candidates. It's to be interesting yep. to see who they end up getting. Um, that brings us to the last game. Um, AM 19, Ole Miss 29. I, I was shocked by this result. Um, Why? Mainly because I didn't think that Ole Miss's defense would be able to step up like that. Exactly. Yeah. AM M was, was horrible incredible. in the first half. And I mean, I can't remember. So I saw, I was kind of in the middle of some things while I was watching the game. But did, they, did Ole Miss have over 400 yards in the first half? They ran
1: 59 plays for 408 yards in the first half. That is insane. That is insane. Against that defense. Plays. Yeah. So, and they, and they said it, cause like, you know, I'm sitting here watching it and I had that one on the main TV. And then I had, um, what was it? I had the LSU Arkansas game over here to the left and, and you're sitting there watching it. And it's like, man, like I just kept expecting like the defense for AM to turn the corner. And I kept expecting Ole Miss's defense to kind of like do what they do. And cause they're not that, you know, they haven't been that staunch of a defense all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just didn't like, like you know, Sam Williams is incredible. Uh, that, that I mean, the entire defense—they had a fantastic game plan for what they do. And and let's let's also be fair—that A and M offense is limited. It is like, yeah, flat out. And and Calzada was the Calzada we know and have seen in every game, except the Bama game.
4: Mm-hmm. Every
1: single game except the Bama game, he has been this player. Um, I'm trying to like look for it now, like he. 24-42, which isn't even that bad, all things considered. What's that 8 divided by – what's 42 divided by 3? 8 out of 14, so 4 out of 7. So, basically, he was 57.1% completion percentage.
0: Look at that math.
1: I know. It's, it's baseball averages. Um, so, he's yeah, he's 57.1%. His QBR was 21.9. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions. And, you know, like listen, I, I know he's tough. He's, he's really tough. We've seen him prove that twice. Right. And in really big moments, too. But he also is not that great of a quarterback. He's, I mean, he's just not. And so okay. um, Corral is incredible. Um,
0: his numbers They have no explosive passing plays. A. A. Like, yeah, they never yeah. have big passing plays. It's insane. Like they've got the two running backs that are very good and that's how they hit their explosive plays. But they don't go down the field with the ball. Maybe it's because Calzada can't do it successfully a lot. But it's weird. And it's been that way since Jimbo's been at AM and and for many of the years he was at Florida State, just you know, a plotting offense that was just picking up chunk yards as it goes. Um
1: yeah. I tell you what though, but, the old Miss side of this, like you talked about the defense for one, which is incredible. Um mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody saw this game playing out that way. But
0: you want to talk yeah. about like an atmosphere that was like I could have seen like, them winning a shootout. hmm But like that like I mean, AM had what they, they didn't have any points at the half, did they? Uh no, they were down 15 to zero. And in the what I was to say earlier, the point I was gonna make was
1: Kiffin comes off the field and, and it was it was honestly cool to watch Kiffin in his element. It like he had the entire he had he had the eyes of the fucking country on him, is what mm-hmm. it felt like, right? You had game day that did not disappoint at all. He was the guest picker on game day. He of course is fucking killing it. Like mm-hmm. I've been on that, I've been on that campus for a game a night game and it was not that great at the like, to, to be honest like like the grove itself once they started going was awesome but we got over there early for like sec nation or something there was no one there there was no one there they're playing bama 2018 um like there was no place to like tailgate like those people weren't weren't there yet it was just like not that great of like an environment until we got back at 3 30 and things started picking up for like a seven o'clock start um And then it was a lot of fun and it was like inside the atmosphere was great. They scored first. And, but it was like, one of those things where like all the experiences that I've seen there, they didn't match this. And and that was like, they, they sat there and they waited for their opportunity. And I mean, Kiffin was having so much fucking fun. At one point in the first half, he was joking around with Corso during the game. Like he, he, like there was something happening. He like runs down the field like and, and sees Corso and he says something to him and they're joking back and forth. And it was like, what is happening here? Like, I mean, he just, he was loving
0: it. He's, he's a refreshing coach. in the fact that like you, he proves that you don't have to be like a maniacal, mm-hmm. like constantly, like all about the process. Like right. maybe he's like, know that, you know, internally, but he just, it's, he's out there having fun and he does things his yeah. own way. And I never could have seen this kind of success happening for Ole Miss this quickly. Um, yeah. but I mean, ended up, you know they were. It was a close game. It ended up being fifteen thirteen. have been had, thirty to
1: nothing in the first half. They yeah, left so many points on the board.
0: strong with picks, and then that set up the the Snoop Connor touchdown, and then they get the pick six um, to kind of seal the game. I mean, just an incredible, mm-hmm. incredible um, outcome for Ole Miss. And man, they're they're right there on the door having a ten win season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, so they can't. I guess they could still win the.
0: Bam would have to Bama, lose both games. Right, Arkansas, okay. Auburn, still
1: so, so not out of it. But like you're in yeah. such good position to, like if you're an Ole Miss fan, the Sugar Bowl is such a big deal for them, like because they, you know, like uh, New Year's Day bowls, like I think when Eli was there was a huge mm-hmm. deal. Um, so we'll see if that plays out. But I tell you what, man, like Corral was was fantastic again, and it just it felt like one of those things where like A and M was favored. And I, I honestly, I thought that like, cause that defense the way we've seen that defense play over the last several weeks that, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and we've, we've seen the Bama defense shut down Ole Miss and we've, we've, you know, we had not seen Ole Miss's defense step up anywhere close to this. Um, I just was, and especially late in the fourth, you kind of expected maybe them to kind of fumble the opportunity away, but it kind of felt like watching Ole Miss, like, especially at the end result, they, they knew something we all didn't like, they were just, they were very confident. They, they knew like, you know, like what they were in control of. And they had, they had a good game plan. They had practiced well, like all that kind of stuff. And they went out and executed. And it was it like, when that kind of stuff happens, like you can see how confident the team is. um uh, Man, like, like I'm, I'm glad Bama played them early and Kiffin overthought the shit out of that game plan because it, like now, especially with like them getting healthier too. And Jerry and Ely being healthy has made oh, such yeah. an incredible difference. I feel like every time he has the ball, he's, he's running like at least 15 yards before anyone touches him.
0: He had a great game. He had, what, 120-something yards rushing. I mean, just a fantastic game all around for Ole Miss. We did get a voicemail from an A&M listener, so Mm -hmm. I want to go ahead and play that.
4: Hey, Uncle Chris and T-Huck. Second-time caller, you know, big fan of the show. I'm not saying College Football Uncensored or Saturday Down South endorses this. I'm fucking wasted. Um... (laughs) watch my Texas a and Maggies play um they, they it, you know no W there that <laughs> offense fucking sucked and so did the refs yeah. and I felt like it was poor officiating but that is not the reason why Maggie's lost um it was just bad offensive play and all that but uh <laughs> Could be where she could be the Florida Gator. Gators. <laughs> <laughs> I love also, the the we cover a fifty-two point spread. All right, that's it. That's stupid. I love you guys. Uh, I can't wait to listen to the next show.
0: Oh, uh, we love uh, you more, man. Uh, that's awesome, man. That that was that came to us at one thirty-five in the morning, I'm and longer. um, you know what? I feel like A and M fans are the nicest ones we run into on here. With a voice, yeah, I can calls. see that. Yeah, um, and, you
1: know, they they like. They know they get made fun of, and I, I don't think they, they really, especially when they're winning, I don't think they really care. And i tell you what, they had a, a really good, um, like like I think Robert, our buddy Robert Barron tweeted this. He was like, there's nothing that takes away the sting of a loss from an A M game, like an A&M loss. Mm-hmm. But Texas losing to Kansas right after was a pretty big help. <laughs> and that's our
0: uncensored <laughs> moment of the week. Yeah, um, and who's sadder
1: than Chris is fucking Steve Sarkeesian also we do need to do a quick Texas Pete hot take I, I need one Texas Pete hot take yeah you I mean your last one you made was, was spot on which one was that the one
0: about um, oh Florida losing on South Carolina yeah yeah no it really was um, golly that Texas Pete hot take
1: Hmm. Let me think on that. Do you have one? Yeah, I got one for you. Um, okay, so we're looking at the schedule for next week. Uh, it's not great, necessarily. I will say that I think SMU beats Cincinnati. SMU's been a pretty good team throughout the year. Um, I will say SMU beats Cincinnati. The other thing that I will say in this is... Let's see what else we got here. Because like I'm looking at some of the matchups. Oregon is at Utah. That could be... Dangerous. That, for that, that team. is
0: that is a good game.
1: Yeah, um seven thirty game two on ABC. So I will say this: I think um, I think we see two upsets up there, I, and I think the one that we don't see is I think Auburn will be fine without Bo nicks I think TJ Finley will come in, especially against the South Carolina team. They'll be able to run the football. That defense will be all over you know in the backfield all day because the offensive line for Carolina is really really bad. I think it's only a ten point spread, which is shocking to me. But um, if you're looking for, like, there's got to be one upset that's, like, going into rivalry week where somebody's overlooking someone. Michigan going to Maryland is a dangerous game because Maryland can at least put up some points, I believe. I'm saying this purely out of ignorance. Um, But I think that that game the following week against Ohio State is so big to them, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this game against Maryland is, like, less than seven points.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other one you have too is, uh, Michigan state coming into, into the, to the, uh, Ohio state right before yep. the Michigan game. I mean, it, Ohio state's a 19 point favorite in that game. That's a lot noon game. Um, there's going to be a lot still to be determined about this, the top 10 mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. You got Iowa state going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's mm-hmm. only a five point favorite in that game. Um, you could see them drop another game back-to-back. Um, My
1: favorite thing on that real quick, by the way, was guys like R.J. Young and Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt was there in the moment, and he's, he's like commenting on the game. And he, he said during the game, he goes, and honestly, I, I don't know if there's enough on this schedule left for Oklahoma to lose and still get into the playoff. No shit, Joel. <laughs> like, they're ranked eighth right now, and they were undefeated. They're, they're absolutely not getting into the playoff. Shocking! I was like, "What are you?
0: What?" Um, yeah, man. You know, going back to the Sark thing, like Kansas hasn't won in in, in a road game in conference since two thousand eight, right? Losing to Kansas at home, if you're Sark as a thirty one point favorite,
1: I in the way they did too.
0: I mean, did we talked about this before we started recording first of all the 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 kansas coach lance leopold like he had he has a good name within the coaching industry Mm -hmm. obviously he's i mean they're you know that was only their second one of the season but that's a pretty good season as far as kansas is concerned we were talking about this before but let's just bring the conversation to the pod do you think that sarkeesian will get fired in year one i think that
1: fan base is crazy enough to do it and i think there's enough potentially quote unquote good candidates that they would. And the thing that worries me is like, and I've been in Sark's corner since the beginning. Um, and maybe that was wrong. Maybe it was yet another thing I was wrong about. Uh, but like (laughs) Sarkisian, like there was a quote that somebody asked and they're like, do you think that the team has tuned you out? And his response was, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. That is not good. That is, that's real bad. that's, so uh,
0: they've they've lost five games in a row for the first time since 1956
1: that is tough in 56 they were dog shit let's not forget yeah. that
0: that 56 year that's one of the Everywhere worst is that mm-hmm. um texas hasn't missed a bowl or had a losing season since 2016 which isn't that long yeah, it's like um, Four years. <laughs> but but uh tom herman never had a losing season in four years won all of his bowl games but he was fired i um, just i don't
1: think that it's they only gave him what three years with all the seasons, money man. with all the money they're putting into the program and the stuff they're putting in the end zone all that kind of stuff and like the boxes if this is a situation where he has lost like 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 i don't like if he has lost like the locker room he's lost the team then absolutely i think that that they would they would move on from him in year one i don't know what the buyout is but it doesn't fucking matter because it's, it's texas i don't think it's it's that far-fetched at all because i think that they're they're so delusional as a fan base and i tell you what especially like you don't want to do this going into if because i think by all means they'll be in the sec next year but i think they they absolutely could fire sark year one that's if,
0: insane
1: i mean it's not saying it would happen but yeah, it's like yeah. it, and we i don't think we've seen that happen But yet.
0: you're right texas would be the one school that would do it right out of anyone in the country that's they are
1: the one like uh, you know you have this thing like there's so many distractions that have happened and it's ever since they lost that game against Oklahoma, man, you, you really feel like that was like something had changed. Um, and I still feel like he could succeed there because if he just, he needs to get like the right coordinators in place. Cause that defensive coordinator, whoever it is needs to go. Um, but yeah, I absolutely think that Sark could, could possibly go. The last thing, the uncensored moment of the week um, is what do you call it? Uh, What was it? It was, Oh, the it was Bo Davis. Yeah his defensive line coach who's been like in the coach coaching ranks, I feel like forever. He was a a coach at Bama, like 2008. Um, And I think also like a second time too, there was a recording that came out before the last game where he flipped out and he had, he had like, when they lost to whoever it was and he freaked out and was like cussing out the entire team. And he was calling them every name under the sun, including MFers. And you guys know that we don't take language like that lightly.
0: How could? Um,
1: you? Neither Dan Wilkin. He was really upset about that specific. Uh, what do you call it? What is Dan?
0: What is Dan Wolkin not mad? I think he. I think he's honestly happy. And I don't know how. He's happy to be mad. Yeah, I think like anger brings him happiness in a way. I can see that. Yeah, it's I poetic just to know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, this was a fantastic weekend. I we, there's going to be great games again next weekend. This this final mm-hmm. two weeks of the season is going to be incredible. It's going to be a drama to play out for all of us to watch. I mean, there is going to be such a shake up in the top 10 over the next 2 weeks. Um and yeah, like I said, Notre Dame might just sneak it right into the playoff. Yeah, yeah. I know you'd be happy about that.
1: I would be really upset. I would be I'd be really fucking mad. <laughs>
0: All right, well, anything else before we let the listeners go here?
1: No, we're going to watch some Yellowstone. We'll have that segment on next week. Um, but, yeah, everyone have a great, great first couple of days of the week, and we'll see you all Wednesday.
0: Preview pop. Mm-hmm. Let's